And the final pre-recorded episode of The Hunting of the Snark. The Hunting of the Snark by Lewis Carroll. Part the Third. Fit the Sixth. Barrister's Dream. They sought it with thimbles. They sought it with care. They pursued it with forks and hope. They threatened its life with a railway share. They charmed it with smiles and soap. But the barrister, weary of proving in vain that the beaver's lace-making was wrong, fell asleep, and in dreams saw the creature quite plain that his fancy had dwelt on so long. He dreamed that he stood in a shadowy court, where the snark, with a glass in its eye, dressed in gown, bands, and wig, was defending a pig on the charge of deserting its sty. The witnesses proved without error or flaw that the sty was deserted when found, and the judge kept explaining the state of the law in a soft undercurrent of sound. The indictment had never been clearly expressed, and it seemed that the snark had begun and had spoken three hours before anyone guessed what the pig was supposed to have done. The jury had each formed a different view long before the indictment was read, and they all spoke at once, so that none of them knew one word that the others had said. "'You must know,' said the judge, but the snark exclaimed, "'Fudge! That statute is obsolete quite! Let me tell you, my friends, the whole question depends on an ancient manorial right.' In the matter of treason, the pig would appear to have aided but scarcely abetted. While the charge of insolvency fails, it is clear, if you grant the plea never indebted, the fact of desertion I will not dispute. But its guilt, as I trust, is removed so far as relates to the cost of the suit by the alibi which has been proved. My poor client's fate now depends on your votes. Here the speaker sat down in his place, and directed the judge to refer to his notes and briefly to sum up the case. But the judge said he had never summed up before, so the snark undertook it instead, and summed it so well that it came to far more than the witnesses ever had said. When the verdict was called for, the jury declined, as the word was so puzzling to spell— but they ventured to hope that the snark wouldn't mind undertaking that duty as well. So the snark found the verdict, although, as it owned, it was spent with the toils of the day. When it said the word, Guilty! the jury all groaned, and some of them fainted away. Then the snark pronounced sentence, the judge being quite too nervous to utter a word. When it rose to its feet, there was silence like night, and the fall of a pin might be heard. "'Transportation for life,' was the sentence it gave, "'and then to be fined a forty pound.' "'The jury all cheered, though the judge said he feared "'that the phrase was not legally sound. "'But their wild exultation was suddenly checked "'when the jailer informed them with tears. "'Such a sentence would not have the slightest effect, "'as the pig had been dead for some years.' The judge left the court, looking deeply disgusted. But the snark, though a little aghast, as the lawyer to whom the defence was entrusted, went bellowing on to the last. Thus the barrister dreamed, while the bellowing seemed to grow every moment more clear, till he woke to the knell of the furious bell, which the bellman rang close at his ear. Fit the Seventh, The Banker's Fate 
They sought it with thimbles, they sought it with care, they pursued it with forks and hope, they threatened its life with a railway share, they charmed it with smiles and soap. And the banker, inspired with a courage so new it was matter for general remark, rushed madly ahead and was lost to their view in his zeal to discover the snark. But while he was seeking with thimbles and care, a bandersnatch swiftly drew nigh and grabbed at the banker who shrieked in despair, for he knew it was useless to fly. He offered large discount. He offered a check drawn to bed for seven pounds ten, but the bandersnatch merely extended his neck and grabbed at the banker again, without rest or pause, while those frumiest jaws went savagely snapping around. He skipped and he hopped and he floundered and flopped till fainting he fell to the ground. The bandersnatch fled as the others appeared, led on by that fear-stricken yell, and the bellman remarked, It is just as I feared, and solemnly tolled on his bell. He was black in the face, and they could scarcely trace the least likeness to what he had been. While so great was his fright that his waistcoat turned white, how wonderful thing to be seen! To the horror of all those who were present that day, he uprose in full evening dress, and with senseless grimaces endeavoured to say what his tongue could no longer express. Down he sank in a chair, ran his hands through his hair, and chanted in mimsiest tones, words whose utter inanity proved his insanity, while he rattled a couple of bones. "'Leave him here to his fate! Is it getting so late?' the bellman exclaimed in a fright. "'We have lost half the day, any further delay, and we shan't catch a snark before night!' Fit the Eighth The Vanishing they sought it with thimbles, they sought it with care, they pursued it with forks and hope, they threatened its life with a railway share, they charmed it with smiles and soap, they shuddered to think that the chase might fail, and the beaver excited at last, when bounding along on the tip of its tail, for the daylight was nearly past. "'There is Thingumbob shouting,' the bellman said. "'He is shouting like mad, only hark! He is waving his hands, he is wagging his head, he has certainly found a snark!' They gazed in delight while the butcher exclaimed, He was always a desperate wag. They beheld him their baker, their hero unnamed, on the top of a neighbouring crag, erect and sublime for one moment of time. In the next, that wild figure they saw, as if stung by a spasm, plunge into a chasm while they waited and listened in awe. It's a snark! was the sound that first came to their ears, and seemed almost too good to be true. Then followed a torrent of laughter and cheers. Then the ominous words, It's a boo! Then silence. Some fancied they heard in the air a weary and wandering sigh that sounded like, Jum! But the others declared it was only a breeze that went by. They hunted till darkness came on, but they found not a button, or feather, or mark, by which they could tell that they stood on the ground where the baker had met with the snark. In the midst of the word he was trying to say, in the midst of his laughter and glee, he had softly and suddenly vanished away, for the snark was a boojum, you see. And that is that. Three episodes, and it's done. If um, 
You heard only the third episode today and would like to hear the first two. They are available on our website and on our Facebook page.